Hamza Shemaev says he's constantly in training camp. He's ready to fight at any time. Don't blame it on his personal issues. But he's ready to fight at any time. He sends a message to UFC management and Dana White. We got this topic and fight night picks next. Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community MMA with your host, Chris Cross. Hamza Chaman, Hamza Chaman. Dana White Prison. Hamza Chaman. Everybody's upset, everybody's upset, everybody's upset. Christopher, then you know what? Then maybe that you got a problem, which you got a problem, which you got a problem, you got a problem. What up, what up? This your boy Chris Cross checking in. This is the community MMA. So you remember UFC 288, the post-fight press conference, Dana White kind of said Hamza's dealing, uh, for lack of better words, with personal problems, personal issues. Hamza Chamaya finally responds and says, no, I'm ready to go. I'm constantly in training camp. The UFC always says we offer three fights a year. But who are they offering? Right? If Hamza's not fighting, who are they offering to fight Hamza? That's my question. I mean, the guy beats a number three in the world and then they offer him Nate Diaz, not even ranked. Who cares? Who cares? So now he's doing the dirty work for the UFC. They want to send Diaz out with a loss so they're not happy with Hamza. That's not what he's here for. He's here to fight for titles. Nate Diaz's days of winning titles in the UFC are over unless they just give him a shot and he gets he goes in there and does something, which, you know, Nate Diaz could do. Look what he did with Leon Edwards, almost finished him in the fifth. But his days of climbing the ranks and fighting for titles is over. That does nothing for Hamza. He shouldn't be blamed for that. And you know what? They sent him a bigger message uh, by moving him down in the rankings so number four in the welterweight. Put Bilal above him. Are you serious? Hamza's only taken fights above him. So the only options he had at the time was Uzman for the title or Colby Covington. Neither one, neither one would fight him. And isn't it funny now that Uzman isn't the champ? Now suddenly uh, he has renewed interest in fighting Hamza. He didn't want to fight him when he's the champ because he didn't need him. Now he needs him and he wants to fight Hamza. (laughs) <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. Or he needs a top five middleweight. Those guys aren't trying to fight him. Can barely get coasted to agree to a fight. So who are they offering to fight Hamza? Nate Diaz? Other unranked guys? Maybe a number 10 guy? For what? Even if he wins that, you're going to tell him, hey, you need another fight. And now because he missed weight in a fight that he really didn't care about, in a fight that he was doing the work of the UFC, now he's going to be blamed and not given a a good fight, right? You know, they're giving him fights he obviously doesn't want to take. And yeah, we want to see him fight, but we also got to be patient and be like, listen, Hamza is the real deal. We need to support him and say, hey, yeah, you don't need to fight someone that makes no sense because it's just going to waste time. And yeah, we're wasting time now. But look what we're doing. We're talking about him. The fans are getting upset. The fans will turn on the UFC on this one topic. They will. 
because there's a lot of people that believe he could be the champion and there's a lot of people think he's going to lose. So everybody, I mean, everybody, uh, everybody is tuning in for this one. Everybody's upset. You're going to be happy or upset. I think those that don't like Hamza are going to be upset when he wins, for sure. They're going to be upset when he wins. Hamza Chamev! But we need a fight. A fight that makes sense. Maybe they put Bilal ahead of him. Maybe he'll fight Bilal. You know, you see how this works. And then what? He beats Bilal to get back to the same spot he was already in? I mean, it's just, you know, he's running circles. O'Malley got a, a, a win against a, a top-ranked opponent, and guess what? They say he can fight for the title anytime he wants. And O'Malley don't want to do it. But I guess, tell you what, Hamza will do it. So there's a lot of, you see what's going on here? There's a lot of talking from the fighter side, from UFC management side, and it's all smoke and mirrors, and you don't know what's true and what's not. What is true is the UFC does have to offer him three fights. Those three fights could be against guys that aren't even currently in the UFC. There's no stipulation on what three fights. They just have to offer three fights. And one of those is going to be the fight they want you to take. And if you don't take it, you're going to get two other ones that you don't want. And now you're out for a year. And that's kind of what's going on with Hamza. But I'm on Team Hamza Chamaev. And uh, if he wants to hold out and wait, then so be it. And eventually he's going to get a top-ranked fighter because the UFC is going to need this guy to fight. The UFC is losing big time here. It wasn't too long ago, Dana White said, we got more views on his face off than ever before. That's what Hamza brings to the table. So how long can they wait? Not a long time. Now, we'll circle back to this topic as we always do, but we got a lot to get into because this Saturday night, we're going to kick this thing off right with the main event. We gotta, well, not even Saturday night, Saturday. Kicking off at like noon. This thing will be over by like five. UFC Charlotte, North Carolina, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night. Two heavyweights, Jair Zinho, Rosenstrike, and Jailton Almeida, who's a rising guy. But Rosenstrike is good too, so let's get into it. It's going to be a tough prediction. In the heavyweight division at UFC Fight Night, a.k.a. UFC Charlotte, it's your main event, Jair Zinho, Rosenstrike, takes on Jailton Almeida, Rosenstrike, heavy underdog, comes in at 13-4, and four. Almeida, the Brazilian 18 and 2. He's one inch taller, 6'3. He's also four years younger than uh, Jairus, you know, Rosenstrike. He's got a one inch reach advantage, 79 78, no big deal. Both guys fight right handed. Almeida, uh, more active. Pride wise, the favorite. 4.2 significant strikes per minute to three for Rosenstrike over five rounds. That's like a 25 significant strike difference. He also lands a lot of takedowns, like two per round. So he clearly wants to go in for those takedowns. But Rosenstrike, 75% takedown defense. And as we get into these guys' previous fights, they beat fighters who they're supposed to, and they lose to big-time fighters. Rosenstrike lost to Volkov, Curtis Blades, Cyril Gahn, Francis Ngannou. So big-time uh, fighters. He beats who he's supposed to beat, though. Almeida, on the other hand, in the UFC so far, undefeated at 5-0. and He's got a couple losses against good fighters outside of the UFC. But since entering the UFC, and especially in the heavyweight division, looking good at 5-0 and with a KO in his last fight over Shamil Abdurakimov. He also beat Anton Turkal by submission. Parker Porter, submission. Danilo Marquez, KO. And a submission over 
Nazrudin, Nazrudinov. Uh, so a submission there. So five and zero, all finishes. And this is a tough fight to predict because you got the KO power at any time by Rosenstrike. He seems to be getting better as time goes on. Right after that Ngannou loss, I thought he'd be in trouble. Twenty-two second loss back in the day, a few years back, has been good since then. But Jelton Almeida has taken the UFC by storm, five and zero, five finishes, and that's why I think he's going to win this fight. I see him continue to move up. Now he's given up thirty pounds to Rosenstrike. That could always be a problem, but he's used to that in every fight. The guy's fast, active, can land takedowns. He's going to be a problem for Rosenstrike unless Rosenstrike catches him. I don't think he will. Almeida wins his fight. Likely by KO or submission. One of the two. It should be a finish. He'll move to 19 and 2. And the sky's the limit for this guy here in the heavyweight division at UFC Fight Night. It'll be interesting as Almeida comes up. It, you know, you got the, the speed uh, against strength. And the strength only gets because is more and more as you go up the division. I mean, the strength just gets better. You're talking Cyril Gaon, you're talking John Jones, you're talking Sergey Pavlovich. And how will that stack up, the speed versus the power? But this is going to be the first test, and it just gets tougher after this. So we'll see what Jailton Almeida can do, because if he wins this, he's getting a big-time fight next against a Pavlovich or someone that's, or maybe even a Cyril Gaon. That could happen too. And that might be a fight that Cyril Gaon wants to take. So interesting opportunity here for Jailton Almeida. We'd like him to win, but it's not going to be uh, easy. Make no mistake about it. Now in the co-main, you got Anthony Smith versus Johnny Walker. This is like five or six versus seven, something like that. Two guys in the top seven, good fighters. Both win you know, a lot of fights and, and lose to guys that are really good, making a prediction even tougher. But I like these type of predictions because this is a tough one, but it's two guys that have been around a while. So we like to pick on this one. In the light heavyweight division, the UFC fight night. You got Anthony Smith, 36 and 17, taking on Johnny Moon, excuse me, Johnny Walker. Comes in at 20 and 7. Another Brazilian on this card. Seems like every card, <clears throat> every card you got a lot of Brazilians. So he's 20 and 7, Smith 36 and 17, both veterans at a game. Both guys who beat the majority of their opponents, but they lose, you know, big time fights only. Walker, two inches taller at 6'6". He's three years younger at 31. He's got a six-inch reach advantage. Both guys stand right-handed. Walker, a little more active, 3.6 significant strikes per minute to three for Anthony Smith. So he's got a little bit of an advantage here, but not by much. Takedown game, non-existent for these two. So who has Anthony Smith lost to? Magomed Ankalaev. Ankalaev, awesome. Alexander Rakic, decision. Good fighter. Glover Teixeira, very good fighter. KO. Now he did beat Ryan Spann, Jimmy Crute, Devin Clark. Guys he's supposed to beat. Johnny Walker beats Paul Craig, Ian Kudalaba, Ryan Spann. But he loses to Jamal Hill, the current champion. Diago Santos, very good back in 2021. Nikita, uh, Nikita Kralov, good fighter by decision. Corey Anderson, good fighter by KO. So it's a highly, highly interesting fight. Hard to predict which way it goes, but I'm going to lean with Anthony Smith here. And this is a 50-50 toss-up fight, so tough prediction. 
But I like Anthony Smith. I mean, they're both kind of in the same category. And you wonder how Anthony Smith can win all these fights with less than three significant strikes per minute and no ground game, really. But he does. And he's done it over a long career. Yeah, he's got a lot of losses, but he's got the experience. And I think that goes a long way here. He beats Johnny Walker by decision. They'll be the 37 and 17 on significant strikes. I think he's going to be closer to four per minute. Uh, that'll lead him to be slightly more active than Walker, who will have a tough time in this fight. Also, Anthony Smith will get him in the clinch, pin him against the fence, slow him down to get to victory. Light heavyweight division, UFC fight night. Not an easy one. Not an easy one because Johnny Walker is good, man. You know? Other than like one or two knockouts in a row that I saw where he looked really sloppy. And when he took a punch, I mean, it was not good. I'm not so sure Anthony Smith is going to bring that to the table. But Anthony Smith is just a better all-around fighter. Who does have the capability of finishing you too. So that's where it'll be interesting. A big finish will be huge for Anthony Smith in terms of uh, turning the corner back up towards uh, higher contenders. Whom he's lost uh, to a lot of them that are above above him so interesting fight for both guys both guys are looking to win move up or maintain their spot if you're anthony smith but move up in terms of your next fight that's what's on the line here in fight three i mean this is going to be really good ian gary a rising guy takes on uh, a solid contender in daniel rodriguez or a solid fighter i should say but ian gary is rising he is rising and he, you know, he reminds me of a Conor McGregor. He really does. Just where they're from and all that, but the way he talks. So check this out. Daniel Rodriguez versus Ian Gary. In the welterweight division at UFC, a fight night. You got a good one here. Daniel Rodriguez, a.k.a. D-Rod, the American. Coming in 17 and 3. Taking on Ian Gary. Young guy, 25 years old, undefeated from Ireland. So... Two wrecking balls getting ready to collide. Now, Ian Carey, two inches taller. They're pretty tall dude. Six three. He's 25. D-Rod, 36. Slowing down a little bit. Both guys about a 75-inch reach. Ian Carey fights right-handed. See how he does against a southpaw on D-Rod. Both guys very active. That's why this is going to be a great fight. People are looking forward to this one. Uh, you got D-Rod at 7.4 significant strikes per minute. That's crazy. Ian Carey, 6.8. They're both hovering right around 7. A lot of activity. The takedown game isn't really there for either of these guys. Now, D-Rod, come up the loss to Neil Magny. It's a step up, right? Lost by submission. But he did beat Lee Jingliang, good fighter. Kevin Lee, really good fighter. Preston Parsons, Mike Perry. So it's going to be a real challenge for Ian Gary, who's working his way up. He beat Song Keenan. He beat Gabe Green. He beat Darian Weeks. He beat Jordan Williams. But none of these guys are as good as... D-Rod, he's got the capability of finishing anyone at any given time. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did win. I mean, guy wins 85% of the time. But I'm leaning with Ian Carey in this fight. He's got to pick up the activity and slow D-Rod down. I think he does that just with his energy. He may struggle in the first round with a left-hander in D-Rod, but he'll get it together in rounds two and three. Could be a split decision. But I like Ian Carey to win two out of the three rounds to remain undefeated at 12-0. and and get the victory, all in significant strikes, and really strike defense because of his activity, right? D-Rod isn't quite as used to that. So Ian Carey wins by decision, 12-0. and 
in my opinion, welterweight division, UFC fight night. Yeah, it's a good fight because he's, he's facing a good southpaw. And this is where the rubber meets the road, right? In these type of settings. We know Ian Gary's good. We know he stacks up well with most fighters. But now he's just got to prove, hey, I can beat a southpaw that's a, a good striker and can finish people. And, you know, add that to the resume, basically. That's what's up for grabs for Ian Gary. But it's going to be a great fight. Make no mistake about it. Now, as we jump into Q&A, Hamza and the dude list big in the topics of discussion today. So Isaiah Noll says Hamza, Ikram Aliskarov, and Bo Nickel will be top three of the middleweight division. I could see that. I could see that for sure. Hamza Amina. Everybody is scared. I never heard someone calling out everybody out or calling everybody out all at once. He is my favorite fighter. Can't wait to see him fight. Thanks for the video and the support of our brother. Yes. You know, it's just I'm a big Hamza fan, man. And when it's like your favorite fighters on the shelf, it's like, it's not good. We need this guy in the octagon. D. Micah Reynolds says, he got shelved a while ago. Let's go already. I'm trying to tell you. Kenneth Bruner, this is starting to become the big elephant in the room for the UFC. Love him or hate him, everyone wants answers to why Hamza doesn't have a fight. This is ridiculous and a shame. And guess what? Maybe when he fights, all these boo birds will start to appreciate the fact when he goes out and, and, and dusts someone off. Maybe it'll start to come around because they were mad at him that he didn't fight Nate Diaz. Ahmed Aldrawi. USA doesn't uh, want Hamza to fight, laugh out loud. They are scared of those guys. I mean, I would be scared of Hamza too, if I, I'm, and I'm American. So, <laughs> I get it. EP man, Dana White, busy promoting uh, Power Slap. He forgotten about Hamza and then try to blame him. I mean, yeah, that's what's going on because, you know, the, the questions are getting big now, like what's going on? Like, obviously, you know, to say Hamza doesn't want to fight in so many words and that he's got personal stuff and things like that, uh, that's crazy talk because he wants to fight. Hamza wants to fight. I don't believe it for a minute. And maybe I'm wrong. And if I am, I'll stand corrected later, but I, I believe Hamza wants to fight. Fearless says, how is Hamza number one? He haven't even fought in ages. Talking about the do list. That's not his fault. And that doesn't change the fact that he's my favorite fighter. That's what the do list comes down to. Hamza is my favorite fighter. No questions asked. You got Colby up there. You got John Jones. You got Islam Mahachev. You got to put Aljamain Sterling. I got to put Aljamain Sterling in the top five because I told you he would win the belt and he did. And when I told you he, he would win the belt, Henry Cejudo was a champ. So, hey, justified. Night King, brother, I love you. After posting the Ikram Aliskarov KO over Phil Hawes. Much love right back at you. So that that's what's going on in the Q&A. People are always going to be fired up. Uh, to see Hamza fight. And when he doesn't fight, people are going to be upset, including myself. And it is what it is. I'm just speaking for the people. And I feel comfortable in saying that because the people want to see Hamza fight. And people is all-encompassing. That means everybody wants to see him fight. Like Bruner said, I believe it was Bruner, love him or hate him, they want to see him fight. No doubt about it. But for now, listen, that's going to do it. This is your boy, Chris Cross. Hope you have a great day. 
and God bless as always.